we're in the book of John, uh, chapter six. And um, to get the context of the whole thing, I'm going to read the rest of the chapter from verse 22 and following. And so we'll start. God bless the reading. The following are the day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, say that one whereinto his disciples were entered, that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that the disciples were gone away alone. Um, I hope you all remember last time as I explained, these, the word disciples means that we are learners. So continually, we are learning about the ways of God, particularly in the Old Testament, all the stories and the things that went on and the way that God dealt with Israel uh, help us to understand uh, how uh, the Lord approaches us and uh, that he is faithful and that he is unchangeable. And so verse 23 uh, chapter 6 of John, how be it there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread. After that, the Lord had given thanks. Now, the city of Tiberias is on uh, uh, the lake of Galilee. So we're talking about uh, that was, by the way, the home of Herod um, and obviously was named after the Roman dictator uh, who was uh, most responsible for the, uh, the siege of Jerusalem was King Tiberius. I don't know if he had died by this time or not. Um, when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. Now, um, well, we'll see in a minute what Christ thought about a lot of those people, why they were following him. And so verse 25 says, when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, whence camest thou hither? Uh, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because 
you did eat of the loaves uh, that were provided. Now, uh, what the what Christ is referring to is the last miracle uh, uh, that was talked about. And when Christ fed uh, uh, 5,000 at one time and, uh, and it was a miracle, if we look at chapter five, verse seven, um, disciples were wondering how they were going to feed all these hungry people and Philip answered him 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little and uh, one of his disciples Andrew Simon Peter's brother saith unto him there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes and what are they among so many and the upshot of this is that Christ started to distribute uh the, the bread and the fish and he when he got to the end he had a little bit left over and so it's a great miracle that Christ did but the people uh, followed him uh, many of them at least because they got something to eat uh, Jesus uh, answered and Jesus said, labor not. This is when he gets into the rough teaching here. Labor not for the meat, which could be anything like bread that you would eat. Labor not for the meat that perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto, the, unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God seated or sealed. Uh, so we see here that uh, Jesus uh, somehow uh, refers to himself as that which people need to eat to remain alive. And of course, we know that he wasn't uh, referring uh, to physical uh, bread or any other uh, type of sustenance, uh, but he was referring uh, to something that he's going to tell us about. Then said, G, then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might do the works of God? And now, um, you've heard me quote this verse many times. Um, the people not understanding uh, the fact that um, Christ 
would give them something beyond the physical, but would give them something spiritual that they very much needed. Uh, and so, you know, they were impressed that he fed 5,000, but Jesus wanted them to think uh, the spiritual thoughts and why he came and who he was. And so he spends all the, these times that I'm going to look into, at least in the book of John, I don't know if I'm full father, um, to understand that Christ is the giver of that which we need to live uh, or to uh, even be born into his family. So Jesus, remember they said, what uh, shall we do that we might work the works of God? And of course, my friends, there's nothing that you can do. Hopefully we will be absolutely convinced that salvation is of the Lord. And that's a quote from the scripture. Everything about salvation, not one penny's worth of it, not any part of it, is going to be due to our efforts to be like God. Remember, that was the problem with the people who built the Tower of Babel. Many people go and do many things to try to be like God. Even Lucifer, or Satan himself, was overcome. And his sin was that he would make himself like the Most High. No, we must come to God with humility, uh, softness of heart, and knowledge that the work of salvation is his alone. So Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. Ye believe on him whom he has sent. And so there we have it again, the word believe. That means to trust him. That means to put our life in his hand. That means to call upon him. And, and truly have confidence that um, our eternal existence uh, and being saved from our sin is a result of our trusting Jesus Christ. So they said, therefore, unto him, uh, again, asking for something that wasn't really very important 
to the idea of being born again, uh, actually nothing. Uh, but they said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. Uh, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. Now, I hope uh, that you've read in Genesis that um, as the people traveled through the wilderness and, you know, they did for more than 20 years, um, there was very little to eat. And every morning, uh, the people would go out and find this bread of life which was called manna. And they would put it in baskets and take it home and, and feed their families. Um, one thing about manna that I think is very telling to us is that whatever you collected of manna on one day, by the next day, was inedible. And the idea obviously is that Christ is the one that we get our life from, that we feed on uh, continually on a daily basis. If we um, look to him to provide our spiritual need. Um, so Jesus answered in verse 32 and, and said, then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread. And so we must ask the question then, what is the true bread? And uh, verse 33, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life to the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, it sounded like a woman at the well. Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, and this is one of uh, several. How many do we have? Uh, great I am's in the scripture. And that's not it. I think there is like eight or nine. Word, uh, verses and you'll find them all in oh here they are in the book of John uh, that are called the I or at least I call them the I am verses and uh, one of them is found here and Jesus said unto them I am the bread of life he that cometh unto me 
shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Um, and Jesus said, I am the living bread which came from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh. And they were probably wondering what that meant, which I give for the life of the world. There are many other I am verses. I am the light of the world. I'm the door to the sheep. I am uh, the good shepherd. Uh, and towards the end of John, he says, I am the son of God. John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. John 15, I find I am the true vine. And so we see that, and this is why I'd like to say, when you read or hear the scripture and you think about it, you should understand that unless what you are experiencing is living, uh, there, uh, there is no such thing, uh, for example, as entering into eternal life without becoming alive. For we are all dead in trespass and sin. Most of the people uh, that you know, and many of them may be very religious, but they are dead because they are not uh, enlivened by the life of Christ through his word. And his, he says about his word is that it's living. Um, and uh, his word is alive. And that's what changes us. And that is the power behind the work of the Holy Spirit uh, who looks uh, at us and knows that we have put our trust in him as the, the Savior that died on the cross that we may live. And so, Verse 36, but I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. Well, he knew they didn't believe those people who, who were coming just for a meal's sake or were coming to see a miracle. They were not belonging to Jesus Christ. And he knew and was able to discern everyone that believed and everyone that 
didn't. Mm -hmm. And everyone that didn't would forever, until they were born again, they would forever be dead to God. And to die in such a state means that they will be consigned to the infernal regions uh, for the rest of time, <clears throat> alive, uh, as far as being conscious, not really alive, but being conscious of uh, the terrible uh, judgment that they had borrowed themselves because they rejected the true bread of life. Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. You know, there are lots of people. I think that they have to prepare their lives before they can come and uh, be saved or be born again. And it's just not so. There is no way that we can make our sin, uh, our, our lostness uh, greater than it ever was. Uh, whether we have sinned a lot, whether we were drug addicts or murderers or harlots, are the worst thing you can think of, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. And Christ said, uh, whosoever the Father giveth me. And you say, well, maybe the Father hasn't, hasn't, uh, looked upon me in that way um, and the answer is that if you have believed and truly put your eternal destiny and given him the keys to your heart then you can be sure that God has not rejected you and any man or woman or child on the face of the earth who wants to be saved in the way that God specifies uh, will have eternal life. And Jesus said, verse, uh, I think I've read already, but Verse 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no way cast out. For I came down from heaven. Not, remember this, my friends, every day. This is a good uh, a, a good place to start. Mm. Um, um, but um, for I came down from heaven not to do 
my own will. And uh, it's hard for us to understand, but let's say for the 33 years that Christ walked on this earth, he never did his own will. When he was 12 years old in a, uh, in a Jewish procession, traveling from one area in the country to another, he for a time uh, uh, was, uh, as far as parents were concerned, he had run off and he was lost. And they started trying and finally found him and they began to scold him. And you know what he said? Don't you know that I have to be about my father's business? So even for a 12 year old, uh, the, the, the Lord Jesus, when he was a child, knew that he had come to do his father's will. And this is the father's will, which has sent me, that all which he has given me, I should lose nothing. And so from his standpoint, uh, all that were elect and all that were chosen in Jesus Christ to become saved um, are two things that they got saved because God and the power of God as John says to as many as have received him to them he gave the power to become the children of God um, and that's what, that's all we can do. We can receive him. We can believe. We can put our faith and our trust in him. But beyond that, everything else that he does that is going to be forever precious in his eyes is that we have done the will of God. And that, even as Christ said, um, and this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him shall have everlasting life and I will raise him up. So we're talking here, you hear people talk about resurrection life. That is the life that we are given. It is the power of an endless life and a life which is in the presence of God and in his very will. And verse 41, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came 
down from heaven. So they just weren't getting it. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know, how is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? You know, there are lots of, of uh, religions that say, uh, well, they believe in Christ. That means they believe that he existed. Uh, the Mormons believe in Christ, but they don't believe he was the son of God. Uh, Jehovah's Witness say they believe in Christ, but they don't believe that there is a triune God. Uh, uh, even the Catholics, uh, for them, receiving Christ is something they've got to do physically over and over. Do you understand that every time they take communion, they are eating again the body and and drinking the blood of Christ. Uh, but that is not true. Uh, he is uh, the, the son of God. He is spiritual. And we only, we drink that spiritual drink continually once we started it. Uh, and we only remember through the taking of the elements of the wine and the bread is just to remember. And that's what Christ told his disciples. He said, as often as you do this, and so some may say, that, well, that's why you don't have communion every Sunday. And I would say, the Bible says, as often as we do it, do it in remembrance of him. But it is not saving. We are already saved. And the communion table is not for the lost, but is for those who already are alive in Jesus Christ. These people looked upon him as if he were a mere man. Uh, it reminds me that in the book of John, uh, Jesus spoke these words and he spoke them about his father. And we must remember the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they are all in one, but they are separate persons, even each one having uh, his own personality and able to act upon his own, but the Trinity uh, almost always, I'm thinking now about the time that Christ was left alone on the cross, but the Trinity otherwise always worked together, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
And remember, the Holy Spirit does not bring attention to himself. And so in speaking of the Father, Jesus said, unless you believe that I am he, you shall remain in your sins. And so those who would want to be religious and not understand that Jesus Christ is the God-man, the member of the hypostatic union, he is a very God and he's very, very man. And uh, therefore, all that the Father is, is in him uh, and vice versa. And so uh, we say also regarding the Holy Ghost. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent, him, sent me. Draw him and I will raise him up on that last day. And so we see there that those that are saved, those that are born again, those who get new life through the bread of life, um, come to Christ because the Father draws us. In other words, there is a calling. I remember so much the I remember the calling of God the night I received Christ. I mean I knew that the words of scripture that the man who led me to Christ were true. And I understood before I left that place, which was a dinner out and all the 50 or 60 people that were there were gone. And there was only me. And Al Moore at that table, Al Moore was a man of prayer, you can believe that he prayed to God, the Father, to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the person of Christ that night, that the words of scripture, and that's all he gave me. He didn't explain to me eternal life other than through the scripture. And I resisted. But on the third calling, Dave, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to receive Christ tonight? 
and my my heart opened wide and I received it all. And not for a moment through thick and thin have I ever believed differently. Even though I there were times when God was not pleased with the way I walked. Nevertheless, I relied on the promise of the Father that if I would believe in the Son and receive the Holy Spirit into my life, that the drawing of the Father would be there. And I did. It, verse 45, it is written in the prophets and they shall all, they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore hath heard and hath learned of the Father. Every one comes to him. So it is, he's speaking again of the drawing of the Father that we might receive the Son. Not that any man has seen God the Father. He is the invisible God. Occasionally he shows us his glory, but there is no physical form there. That alone belongs to Jesus Christ, who once was the Son of God uh, without the body of a man, but Christ became then the God-man. And he had to be the God-man because there had to be someone who would take our sin and he had to be a perfect sacrifice. And he took our sins upon himself and satisfied. Do you understand? He satisfied the wrath of God that otherwise was against us. Verily, verily, verse 47, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. And so, uh, very quickly, consider what God said in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Talk about feeding us. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. That is something that goes on continually. I, we don't save our manna every day we go to the source of the bread of life and he restores our soul 
he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, that means God correcting us, and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm so glad God does that. Amen. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. By the way, it's a psalm of David. There's every man that ever needed God's mercy and God's power. Certainly, it was David. But Jesus said, I am the bread. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. So that manna was just for her physical substance. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give, and listen to this closely, and the bread that I give is my flesh, which, which I give for the life of the world. Now that was too much mm -hmm. for the Jews, for most of them to take in. They just couldn't understand what Christ had said. In verse 52, the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then uh, you know, Jesus did this over and over. And many times he didn't try to explain it. But then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat my flesh, eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Therefore, we have to understand that we're talking here about spiritual food. And Christ is the only one that gives us that spiritual food 
day after day until we meet him in eternity. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Again, I want to warn you about what it's called transubstantiation. Uh, that which the Catholics follow when they take communion or the Lutherans follow uh, and a number of others thinking that the very elements actually become the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. But they do not. It is but uh, a way of remembering that we have already eaten of his flesh and drank his blood uh, because uh, it was in him. Uh, he dwelleth in me, that is the Father, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, the Jews uh, were appalled by the idea of cannibalism. And that's what they thought. You see, unless the Holy Spirit leads us to understand that Christ is speaking to us of spiritual things, then we will take them as fleshly things and will not understand. Verse 58, Jesus said, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead, but he that eats of this bread shall live forever. Grasp it. We who know Christ, we who have been born of the spirit will never see death. Jesus said that he that believeth in me shall never die. And then he said, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, he shall live. And so the idea of being raised from the dead and seeing Christ, and he tells us uh, at the rapture that the dead in Christ 
shall proceed or come before those who have received Christ and are still alive. So dead or alive, we are going to be called to meet Christ. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, and they obviously weren't true disciples, when he when they had heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Many of them left him that day. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What? And if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. That you can read in Acts 1 when Jesus ascended into heaven. It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profit nothing. The words that I speak to you, and this I said a few moments ago, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. We have a word for that. Who remembers the word? Come on. Apostate. Better. Who said that? Jill. Oh, that's right. They were apostate. He told them the truth. But the spirits, uh, the spirits work in their hearts was not received. For if it had been, then they would have left that place as children of God. But then, as verse 66 says, they walked no more with him. 
Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you go away? Mm -hmm. I, some of the hardest things about being a preacher of the word is to see those who seem to come to Christ, but at some time later become apostate. Then Simon Peter, always Simon Peter, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of, G of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Jesus always that Judas would betray him. But even unto the last night when the, when the Jewish leaders and the Roman soldiers came to take him uh, to, to go before the magistrates and all the rest that night before he was crucified, He spoke to, G, to Judas in terms like friend and he even allowed Judas to kiss him on the cheek. And then they took him away. So in what we call the organized church, or in what we would call Christendom. There are many, I'm sorry, I believe there are many more that are like Jesus. They follow Christ for a time, but in the end, they turn their back and follow him no more. And it should be just the opposite, that as we grow in uh, stature or as we uh, grow up into an old person, like I suppose I am, more and more we serve Christ more and more, we consider him above anything else. 
uh, as contrary to that which is of importance in our life. When it is all said and done, my friend, it will be you believing in Christ and facing him and everything else that you've ever achieved are experienced in your life that gave you joy and pleasure will not hold a candle to looking into the face of our loving Savior, who is a man, the God-man, and he will always be with us. As he said in John 14, he said, let your heart uh, be comforted. Uh, in my Father's house, there are many Many abodes are mansions, the King James says. And I go to prepare a place for me that where I am, you will be also. Father, bless these words. I ask not. Uh, that uh, any power or any wisdom should be attributed to the preacher, but only the living word to move in those who hear and that they might continue uh, unabated on that path which is very narrow and has a very narrow straight gate and few there will be that find it. May we all be together and joyful knowing one another and the Christ in the glory and the light of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Any questions regarding anything that I have said? I just wanted to say one thing. I thought I saw you moving towards the microphone. That when we're talking about, you know, eating the flesh and drinking the blood. Yes. That for me, I, I, I looked at that and I thought that speaks to the oneness that I have with Christ. That I've been brought in just like the trinity's three separate i've been brought in 
to yes. Christ. Yes, you've been brought in. At that time that we call communion, mm -hmm. where we drink uh, the wine mm -hmm. uh, and we eat the bread, uh, is a time of remembrance. Mm -hmm. And so it is not uh, that. Uh, we look to it as many who have the idea of transubstantiation, mm -hmm. but we look at it with the understanding that these elements we did drink mm -hmm. and that his flesh we do feed on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but we remember it strictly in regard to the person of Jesus Christ. Because mm -hmm. he yeah. said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Yes. And so that I, I think that's exactly yep. the way it is. Yeah. Anybody our else? Our oneness is so, is it sometimes we just think we're out wandering around all by ourselves, but we're not. Who Never alone. Never alone. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Thou art with me. Always. Always. I have never in my darkest place believed anything else, even in the darkest moment. It was Christ. And I'm Christ today, not because I was faithful. I am Christ today because he is faithful and that we must understand that our salvation is of the Lord. It has nothing to do except that we believe what he told us.